From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains. It's time for boldness, for there's so much to do. And this is certain. I promise you, we will be judged, you and I, by how we resolve these cascading crises of our era. We will rise to the occasion is the question. Will we master this rare and difficult hour? Will we meet our obligations and pass along a new and better world to our children? I believe we must. I'm sure you do as well. I believe we will. And when we do, we'll write the next great chapter in the history of the United States of America, the American story. That was President Joe Biden in 2021 at his inauguration ceremony on Capitol Hill. Biden talks about being judged for how we will resolve the cascading crises of our era. Well, if we compare where we are now to where we were back then, things look a lot different. The average American family is losing $6,000 in annual income thanks to Biden and the Democrats' inflationary policies. Just look at your 401k and compare it to just January of this year. Devastating. Also, the term recession is in the mix and consumer and small business confidence is at all-time lows. Don't forget all those ships waiting offshore, supply chain issues, empty shelves, etc. Then this. We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. 2.4 million illegal crossings. 600,000 known gotaways, and 856 deaths at the southern border in the past year alone. And according to the FBI, crime is on the rise all over America, with violent crime up 4.3% in 2021, adding to a whopping 30% increase in the homicide rate in the previous year. And then there was this. Rushing back to Washington as dramatic, indelible images emerge of panic and chaos in Kabul. President Biden tonight defiant and without regret. I stand squarely behind my decision. The president acknowledging he was wrong about how swiftly Afghanistan would fall. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. Seems like an eternity ago, doesn't it? But let's also remember that under Biden and the Democrats, we are now spending tens of billions of dollars to fund Ukraine's defense against our enemies in Russia. But as Biden said at the top, he will be judged. And that's what this midterm election is all about. So where do we stand on all these issues? Will November be the judgment to hold our elected leaders accountable? Noah Weinrich 
is the Director of Communications for Heritage Action for America. On this episode, he goes through valuable polling that shows where we stand on crucial issues around the country and what those issues mean in light of the pending midterm election. But just as a reminder, Heritage Foundation is a 501c3. We are here to educate on these issues. We do not endorse candidates. We do not endorse ballot initiatives or votes of any kind. Our reporting on this election cycle is it's intended to highlight key issues around the country and how people are responding to those issues. So let's get into it after this. For over 35 years, the Heritage Foundation Job Bank has been helping conservatives at all professional levels find employment in key positions in Washington, D.C. and across the country. We can help connect you with positions in the administration, on Capitol Hill, in public policy organizations, and in the private sector. To learn more about the Heritage Foundation Job Bank, go to heritage.org slash job bank. Noel Weinrich is back in the studio. Man, it is good to see you. Thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay. We are close to the 2022 midterm election. It's all a buzz when you turn on cable news. And you and Heritage Action have been on the ground in many of the most consequential states up for election. From your perspective, Noah, give us a sense for where we stand right now. What is a main takeaway or two that you're seeing out there? Yeah, absolutely. So I just got back yesterday from Georgia, um, which just like in 2020 is one of the main battlegrounds. Um, That's where this is going to be fought. Um, all eyes are on the Senate. That's yeah. the big takeaway. Okay. You know, there's um, the House races are happening, but they're, uh, you know, obviously there's 435 of those, and there's only 35 Senate races, and only, you know, somewhere between four and 10 of them are at all competitive. Hmm. Um, so all eyes are on the Senate. All eyes are on the margins there. Right now it's a 50 50 Senate. So just one pickup from either side could really change the dynamic. I think the main dynamic we're seeing is. The issues. Abortion as an issue is receding, Hmm. um, and Republicans are gaining ground on it, um, pointing out their opponent's extremism, but it's receding as an issue. Um, Yeah, actually, let me stop you there because I had this as an entire category as I prepared for the interview because every center-left person or non-conservative that I talk to says, man, the Republicans gave the Democrats a huge issue in abortion with the Dobbs thing. I'm curious here. You're saying it's receding, but is that driving people to 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 vote? Is that is that a huge issue people are concerned about, or is that just hype from the media? It's mostly just hype. Huh. I mean, it is a big issue, and you did see a big spike after Dobbs in people's interest in abortion, them listing it as a major factor. But it's starting to recede. I mean, Dobbs is in the rearview mirror. It's decided. Um, now we're going forwards. Um, inflation is not abating. Crime is getting worse. Illegal immigration is getting worse. People have bigger concerns. Yeah. Um, in a Harvard-Harris poll released last week, the top three issues were inflation, crime, and immigration. Jeez. Abortion was number four. Wow. Among Democrats, um, in another poll, in, abortion wasn't even the top concern. It was threats to democracy because uh, huh. they've been absorbing this Biden and MSNBC um, PR campaign about democracy. Um, but abortion is fading. And also a lot of people are realizing, you know, a Democrats are all are themselves extreme on this, but also if you live in like New York, 
nothing's going to change in your state, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. And so it's not actually a live political issue in a lot of those blue states. Okay. So, and this is so fascinating, Noah, I, I, because as, as, as you recall, 2020 was a huge deal with elections. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a huge thing that I hear when I go around the country, when I you know speak at different conferences, when I talk with with different leaders in, in, in localities around the nation, I hear this is this is a common refrain. Well, it looks like there's a lot of momentum for people on the right in this midterm election. However, I just don't trust the electoral system in place, and they'll probably just steal the election from us. Give give me your take on this because again Georgia was a battleground in 2020. Mm-hmm. You guys were yeah. there. You guys were on the grounds. Yeah. Y'all pushed for big reforms. Are you seeing that still as an issue, or is that just a lot of fear going on right now? I mean, it's for sure an issue, and okay. there are a lot of states that have really shaped up their game. Um, Georgia passed one of the strongest, probably the strongest election integrity law in the country. They got a lot of flack for it, um, but it's really improving things. Uh, there's a lot more trust in the system there. But some states have not. Pennsylvania, which is one of the worst in 2020, has not fixed their system. They haven't passed any election integrity laws. Um, Governor Wolf even vetoed some that were passed by the legislature, Hmm. just some common sense laws. Um, And right now, even though the Supreme Court has instructed them, um, has basically said that you can't take these undated mail-in ballots. There was this whole controversy over in 2020. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court and the governor's office are now pushing back saying, Yes, we can. You know, this mail-in ballot that was mailed after the election or doesn't have a, a date on it, we'll take it up to weeks after the election. That was the big controversy back in 2020. And again, it looks like we could potentially be setting ourselves up for that one in this midterm election, which is, you know, all of these, you know, they stopped counting on election right, night right. because you had all of these bags of ballots coming in from drop boxes and yeah. mail-in ballots and it adds a whole nother dynamic to this whole thing yeah give, give i mean I, I know you can't I, I don't want you to speculate sure, here sure. but i mean we know what happened in 2020 yeah. we know that that was a big part of the election yeah um it, are there ways of seeing right now that that is happening again or is it looking a little bit easier given the fact that it's a midterm election yeah i mean the midterm dynamic is definitely in play um and of course we have shaped up a lot of the laws in these states in other states you know heritage action has a big poll worker and poll watcher program okay you know you got to have good people working the polls to catch problems as soon as they start right you also have to have good poll watchers as a backstop to catch any potential problems Hmm. so that's definitely improving um you also don't have mark zuckerberg putting 450 million dollars in that was a huge deal that was a huge deal that was you know maybe the biggest the biggest problem was him putting in over 400 million dollars through a um, a nonprofit, so we got a tax break huh. to give money to these jurisdictions for drop boxes, um, for you know get out the vote campaigns in very targeted blue cities. Um, that was the biggest issue, and this time around, most states have banned that money, Zuckerbucks, mm-hmm. and Zuckerberg has he hasn't fully cut it off, but it's like a few you know few tens of millions instead of the huge program it was. So yeah. that's the biggest thing, and huh. I'm very glad to see that that's not happening. Hmm. Um, but we're not out of the woods. It's amazing to me, Noah, and and we'll we'll move on to other issues from here. But I just, as I've seen in the, in the past few weeks, I've been noticing that certain people on the left have been coming out of the media and talking about how people on the right are now fixing fixing right. to steal the election. Right, right. They're taking the narrative. And they're using it themselves. They've been right. criticizing this narrative for years, right. but they're doing it themselves. What do you make of that? 
Well, if you recall, that's what they did in 2016, huh. right? I yeah. mean, they like to say that, you know, oh, the rights are the right is election deniers. But you heard for years after 2016, Trump stole the election. Trump colluded with Russia. <laughs> it was a fake election. Um, Hillary Clinton basically said afterwards, you know, she conceded, but then she went back and said, well, it was rigged. Hmm. Um, there's a poll out there from Rasmussen. Um, only one quarter of the country believes that both 2016 and 2020 were decided correctly for the presidential election. So there's this myth that Democrats are these big, you know, believers in the election system. But they said that 2016 was rigged. Hillary Clinton said that, you know, she believes that the, that conservatives have a plan to steal 2024 already. <laughs> so it's just total hypocrisy on their part. It's incredible. Ta- talk a little bit about crime and the border. Yeah, we've been covering this a lot because at, at Heritage, we, I mean, this is this has been one of our main issues for the last three. For years, this isn't something yeah. that is new to us. We've been watching these rogue prosecutors all around yeah. the country right. destroy, literally destroy the cities in which they're in through not enforcing right. the laws on the books, yeah. and through you know no bail and and releasing people early, and you know again just not enforcing the laws that yeah. that are that are on the books. Talk a little bit about what you've seen. Are, do you have an opening in inner cities where you haven't had before that you're seeing there's a welcomeness to people accepting, you know, a, a different message than what the left has been giving for the, you know, for so many years? Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge issue this year. That is the sleeper issue. Huh. Or it was until basically September. Um, Republicans started running a ton of ads on crime, which is smart. Um, but it was the sleeper issue. I mean, it was it kept popping up as like the number three issue, number three or number four. Uh, but nobody was talking about it. It was all about inflation and abortion. Yeah. But we knew that illegal immigration and crime were huge issues and sort of two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah. No rule of law, disorder, danger, fentanyl coming across the border. Yeah. Um, border security and crime were huge. Um, and we've been talking about this for years. I mean, yeah. start, especially with the defund the police movement, you know, heritage action. We had our police pledge um, in 2020 where uh, and we still have it where lawmakers and citizens can sign up and say, we will not defund the police. Hmm. We will not support or sign or pass any bill that slashes police funding, um, even if it, you know, so-called redirects it to safety programs. No, you don't defund the police. Um, and now we're seeing there is this huge strategic opening in cities and states that did defund the police, or where there were riots, or where they have been, you know, there are rogue prosecutors, um, hmm. for conservatives to come in and make their case. This year alone, 2.4 million illegal crossings, 600,000 known gotaways, and 856 deaths at the border, again, in the past year alone. Gosh. And that's what we know of. And that's what we know <laughs> that's of. That's what we know of. Yeah, I mean, this is the, <laughs> this is the greatest border crisis that our country has ever seen. Yeah. Um, it's an issue not only of illegal immigration, but border security. Yeah. And fentanyl is now the number one killer among adults 18 to 45, mm-hmm. the number one killer, or synthetic opioids, um, and fentanyl is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're poisonings. It's not just overdoses, but it's poisoning. You know, yeah. um, it can work its way into something that you don't even think is a drug, mm-hmm. or people can be taking a certain drug, um, and fentanyl, it's laced or spiked with fentanyl. They take one pill, and they're dead. Um, <sighs> it is horrifying. I mean, wow. we, I, we all know people or know people who know people who have been affected by this, who have gone to the hospital or who have died of this. Hmm. Um, and not to mention just the illegal immigration and the strain that it puts on our on our uh, our resources. I mean, hmm. you see New York complaining about like 5,000 migrants saying that, oh, this is going to strain our city. This is a humanitarian crisis. Send in the feds. 
5,000 people, that's less than what's crossing the border every single day. Yeah. Think about what's happening in Texas. It's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. Set aside the fact all the people that left New York City during COVID and <laughs> right. haven't moved back, right, you know, right. 5,000 people is a, a drop in the bucket right. there. But but I mean, the, the, the crime, the crime is huge. The fentanyl is huge. And I wanted to move to one other issue because this has been something that I've that I've um, that I think has taken a back seat, but I think is important also that sticks in people's minds. And I think what it comes down to is just general trust. Trust in yeah. general. Are you able to run this country? Right. Are you able to make us prosperous? Are you able to make give my family an opportunity to become more prosperous? And right. that involves the situation in Ukraine mm-hmm. as well as Afghanistan. I wonder if that plays into this at all, if 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 people are recalling what happened just a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one theme of this that sort of runs through a lot of these threads is is chaos and disorder. Hmm. You know, inflation is, it's about providing for your family, but it's also about chaos, right? You don't, yeah. you expect some inflation. You expect two or 3%. You yeah. don't expect 9%. You don't Jeez. plan for that. It's chaos. It's fast changes affecting your family. Same in Afghanistan. Hmm. You know, a lot of people wanted us to get out of Afghanistan, yeah. but in an orderly way, Yeah. not pulling out as the Taliban is coming in, not planes flying out with people clinging to the wings, that's chaos. That's hmm. disorder. It's danger. Um, same with crime. Um, that's chaos in your streets. You know, yeah. it's not just happening in certain pockets of the city. You know, people are getting carjacked just blocks from here. People hmm. are getting murdered in, you know, um, in Navy Yard or in suburban neighborhoods. Hmm. Um, same with illegal immigration. People aren't necessarily, especially in the middle. You know, they're probably pro-immigrant or pro-legal migration. But they are. But this is again chaos. It yes. is. There is no rule of law. Everything. Same with Ukraine. Yeah, and 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 as we go through this this laundry list of things as as we do here on explains, we always yeah. talk about the bad. Right. But then I always try and bring it back to, hey, what's the solution? You know, right, it's kind right. of that formula of this interview yeah. format that we have here. But but I, more than this, since we're talking about polling, since we're talking yeah. about you know what's working on messaging, what's not working on messaging. Noah, is do do you think that there is a um, a bought into a prescribed uh, set of plans in place. Whoever you know wins the outcome of this election, is there a solid plan in place to take these issues on, or is this just the battle of you're wrong, we're running against that basically? Yeah. That's the big question. Um, yeah, and I would say conservatives, people on the right, have to do a better job of having a plan. It's not enough to say, mm. you know, it, it may win you the election, but I think they will win more elections if they say. Um, this is bad, and I have a plan. You right. can't just say inflation is bad, and you guys are in power. You have to say inflation is bad. I have a plan. Crime is bad. Here's the plan. Hmm. Um, and even if you do win the election, then you're going to come up in November or in January and say, "Okay, we won. What do we do?" Right. Um, <laughs> so some people are rolling out plans. You know, Rick Scott has a plan. Kevin McCarthy, his commitment to America plan. Um, Heritage has our seven priorities yes. that we're working on for the next several years. But I am worried that you know. Wednesday, after the election, you know, if conservatives take a majority, I'm worried that some people are going to wake up and say, oh, shoot, what do we do now? Right. Like, we won. Yeah. What's the plan? Yeah. So people need to be preparing for that. Yeah. 
Well, I think it probably has something to do with empowering our local communities. We yeah. saw, I mean, we right. saw it in, uh, you know, with with the election last year, with uh, with critical race theory mm-hmm. and school board races all across the country. That was a big deal. I mean, and that wasn't a national thing. Yeah. That was a, that was at the local level. Right. And um, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, you could probably talk to this a little bit, but I know that that's a huge issue right now. That's mm-hmm. a huge issue that people are are scared of, of of uh, the federal government uh, imposing its way in a yeah. local level, at a local level, a school board level. And I think that that also might be contributing here. And so yeah. I don't know if there, you know, if 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 you have seen there being success in empowering local communities to rise up as well. But uh, I, I'd, I'd like to have you talk about that as we wrap up here. Yeah, for sure. Um, education is not as big of an issue in the midterms this year as it was last year. Okay. Part of which is uh, it's more federal, right? You, yeah. your governor and your local races, education is more of an issue. Okay. So you are going to see it in governor's races. Hmm. Those just aren't making the national news. If you look at local news, state news. Education is much more more of an issue, school okay. choice, but it's not breaking through as much, you know, to the Senate races. Hmm. Um, but local control is a big part of this because, on the federal level, hmm. the Biden administration has been crushing local communities. It's been calling parents domestic terrorists. It's been, um, you know, suing states that that uh, have election integrity laws. It's been trying to sue states that are passing um, abortion protections. Hmm. And so this is in part a reaction against that. It's just saying, let us. We have plans. For our state, we know what's best for our state. We know what's best for our town. Um, the Justice Department and the FBI, run by Biden and Merrick Garland, do not. Yeah. So let us do our thing. Let us address our local problems. Stay out of our affairs. Don't call us domestic terrorists, terrorists <laughs> or child abusers or whatever. So this is a big backlash against that crackdown, that, um, that federal overreach into state matters. I think you're exactly right. Noah, thank you so much for coming in here and giving yeah. us a roundup. The stakes are huge, and and uh, I appreciate your insights. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Okay, folks, you did it. You made it through another episode of Heritage Explains. Isn't that a big accomplishment, John Pop? <laughs> That's right. John Pop always with the thumbs up. Well, again, I wanted to, to link to this because we have some really good polling and polling detail. If you want to go deeper into the weeds with what we talked about in this episode, you can see issue by issue and even more in-depth analysis. Go ahead and head to the show notes. You can see it linked there. Also, feel free to rate us five stars. Don't worry. If you've done it before in the past, you can do it again. We thank you so much for that. Thanks for sharing us with your friends and family. Also, you can send us an email at managingeditor@heritage.org. We read every single one of them. We respond to almost every single one of them. So thank you so much, folks, for doing it. I'll be up next week for a special episode. So we'll catch you on the next download. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by John Pop.